0: CHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston,
1: and on AOL Radio and Yahoo LaunchCut. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now, 248 545 soul new SkyRadio.com.
2: Can someone who has died prove to you that they're still alive? What constitutes proof? What does afterlife really mean?
3: Well, hello there, and welcome to the 442nd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those intriguing questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So this evening, we welcome someone who has never been on the show before.
2: Dr. Annie Kagan is a former New York City chiropractor and singer-songwriter. In 1996, she left the city and moved to a small house by the water. While trying to decide on her future, she says, her brother Billy died unexpectedly, only to wake her up one night and start talking about his afterlife. Her subsequent thoughts about life, death, and the universe resulted in her first book, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers. How My Bad Boy Brother Proved to Me There's Life After Death, just released in March. And we'll give Annie a chance to talk about that. Her website is uh, AnnieKagan.com. Annie Kagan,
3: welcome to Behind the Paranormal.
0: Oh, so nice to be here with you tonight.
3: That's oh, nice to have you. So uh before we go anywhere else, uh what is with the uh fingers thing all about?
0: <laughs> You're gonna start in the middle. You must okay, get that well, a lot. Um, Billy that wasn't his name that he was born with. He wasn't born with the name Billy Fingers, but when he was sixteen years old and he dropped out of high school he went to work in a factory And he cut off the tip of one of his fingers. Good heavens. And um, later in life, when he was following his pursuit of the darker side of things, he adopted the name Billy Fingers um, as his new persona. So that's kind of Billy's bad boy name.
3: Hmm. It just sounds like a pirate name. Uh, That's all I (laughs) can think of uh,
4: well,
0: to me, it always sounded like, you know, like a gangster, or I, truthfully, I always hated that name, because I always thought it meant that he was putting himself in danger. Mm. Um, but... That's interesting. We'll get into that. But, All right, yeah. so,
3: uh, so what, uh, what, what's, what's the book about? That, that That's a big, very broad question, but a, a summary would be wonderful.
0: No, that's good. Well, I like to think of the book as a spiritual thriller, a true story that kind of explores the greatest mystery of life, which is what happens after we die. And it's about how a few weeks after my brother Billy's death, he began communicating with me from the afterlife and took me on a journey with him through all the realms and the mysteries of death while I recorded it. Recorded it how? Well, in a notebook, actually... um, the first time he communicated with me, he instructed me to get a notebook, and I wrote down every word that he said, and I also recorded what that journey was like for me to go along with him, and, and, and my skepticism, and, and how he wound up proving to me that there actually really is life after death. Hmm.
3: Alrighty, so, How did this communication with your brother uh, take place?
0: So, of course, um, I was very, very grief-stricken after my brother died. He had kind of a violent death. He was hit by a car and killed. And um, it was about three weeks after he died, and the sun was coming up. And I was half asleep, half awake, and I heard Billy's very distinctive voice calling my name from above me, going, Annie, Annie get up, it's me, it's Billy. And I kind of said half asleep, Billy, Billy, I must be dreaming. You're dead, you can't be here. And then he said, no, get up, get up, it's me. Go get a notebook. So now I was out of bed, walking around, trying to find the notebook and, and a pen. And so now I realized, wow, I'm not sleeping. And that was... Um, The first time I heard him and I began recording what he was telling me, the first thing he did was was to comfort me and to assure me that he wasn't in any pain and that he was drifting through a really divine universe where the light had a personality of kindness, compassion and intelligence and he assured me that death was really wonderful, that it couldn't be better, and that we will meet again. And that was our first visit.
4: Hmm.
3: Well, that kind of answered one of the, one of, um, the questions I had most. not nah, I had most. Huh, I, I was skipping ahead. So what surprised you most about uh, this whole ordeal?
0: I think what surprised me the most about the afterlife was that... I guess I always thought of the afterlife as a very static place but what was surprising was how much Billy changes in the afterlife actually you go through more changes on the other side than you do here because after you die you go on an incredible evolutionary journey where you your vibration your vibratory level gets higher and higher so instead of being a static sea of bliss, it's quite an adventure, and that, that really surprised me a lot.
3: So did you question the validity of any of this, like some of the stuff he was telling you, or all of the stuff oh, he was telling you? Oh, completely,
0: completely. After the first time I heard him, I thought maybe maybe I was so grief-stricken that somehow I had gone a little crazy that... that my mind was making this up and that um, how, could, how could anybody be talking to me so clearly from another dimension? I really wasn't prepared for that. And uh, the second time he came and visited me, he told me that he knew that I had doubts and that he was going to prove to me that indeed he really was talking to me from another level. And, and he did, over and over again. He gave me evidence that this wasn't just my imagination. What kind of evidence? Okay, so there were many different kinds of what's called um, evidentiary after-death communications where the person tells you things that you couldn't possibly know. The first one was uh, in the middle of the day, I remember, And all of a sudden, I hear my brother talking to me in the kitchen, saying, I want you to get the things for my car. Now, I didn't even know Billy had a car because he was in Florida. I was in New York. We hadn't been communicating the last few uh, months before his death. And I said, Billy, how am I supposed to find your car? Then he told me to look in the card holder that I now had in my possession. And when I came to a card from a Mercedes dealer, he said, bingo. When I called the Mercedes dealer, it turned out that he was my brother's friend and he did have his car. So either I had suddenly become really psychic or Billy was actually talking to me. And it turned out that the things... That he wanted me to get in the car were very very important things also clues to the mystery of you know the fact that he was real and talking to me from another dimension
2: okay I'm I'm glad you put it in those terms let me preface my questions by by saying that uh, you know we accept your story with great respect we weren't there you were okay, so bear yes. that in mind as I ask what I'm going to ask.
0: No problem.
2: Okay, um, how did you know this was really your brother? I, I know there's things I only no, 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 no. get that all the time, but how what convinced you finally that it really was him?
0: Because as I, heard, to someone or I, heard,
4: else.
0: I heard his voice so clearly, and the voice that spoke to me after I wrote it down, it just sounded exactly like him. He had a very distinctive, humorous, irreverent personality. And recently, his, um, when the book was finished and his stepdaughter read it, she said to me, oh, my God, it's Billy, it's Billy. Like, he, he was such a, such a special person that um, for, I know it couldn't be me because I'm not as funny as he is. I'm much more serious. <laughs> yeah. He's just Billy. So I I just didn't really think it was somebody else.
2: Okay. Well, there again, the reason we ask is because, you know, the two, the two of us have a combined 50 years of experience with this sort of thing, All right? Yes. And um, I've been addressed by people I thought I knew during exorcisms, okay? So, I mean, mm-hmm. th- th- there are always chances of being misled however i always say that it's your heart that that tells you really and that's really all we have to go on one thing about the the verbal communication and i've had verbal communication is one of the questions that arose with me is if this is a spirit quote unquote ergo no body ergo no vocal cords so how the how how the voice why the voice I don't know if that's even
0: come so up. When he, no, 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 that's a good question. Actually, the way he communicated with me changed as he went through the different realms of the afterlife. So at first, I guess because he was close to Earth, I heard his voice really clearly as if it was coming through a hole in the ceiling. Later on, as he became more formless or deeper into the realms, I would see like um kind of like a blue golden ellipse of light and I would have to look at it and tune in and then I would hear his voice but it wasn't it wasn't the same outside of my head feeling it was more telepathic at that point so it always changed
2: let's let's go back to, to the bad boy thing now usually a bad boy thing is somebody who plays yeah you know, we only got I know but thank you uh, practice, or you can think about this over the break. So we have a break coming. Up. Okay.
1: But uh, somebody
2: was involved with. But we do have to take a break. We'll be right. Back.
1: Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries.
5: I know a girl She puts the color Inside of my world But she's just like a maze Where all of the walls All continually change And I've done all I can To stand on the steps With my heart in my hand Now I'm starting Maybe it's got nothing to do with me Fathers, be good to your daughters Daughters will love like you do Girls become lovers who turn into mothers So mothers, be good to your daughters Skin, it's the same she's been standing in since the day she saw him walking away. Now she's left cleaning up the mess he made. So fathers, be good to your daughters. Daughters will love like you do. Girls become lovers. Turn into mothers, so mothers be good to your daughters, too. Boys you can break, you find out how much they can take. Boys will be strong, and boys soldier on, but boys won't be calm without one. Psychic
1: Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 soul New skyradio.com. Believe.
2: Well, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Uh, sorry about that cutoff there. It wasn't uh, some uh, mysterious government plot. <laughs> it was uh Yeah,
3: don't jump to conclusions well, here. No,
2: one, one of us hitting the mute button, I think, by mistake. But anyway, we're back with our guest, Annie Kagan, Dr. Annie Kagan, uh, talking about the afterlife of Billy Fingers and uh, the name of her book and how her brother proves to her that there is life after death. Now, we were ending with a question, and I'll I'll pose it again because it might have been cut off. Uh, Annie, one of the things that we're interested in getting into here, before we get into any of the deeper stuff, is the the, the nature of your brother's life. Um, you mentioned that he was a, a quote bad boy in the title, your bad boy brother. And usually, we think of that as I think of that as somebody who you know uh, uh, electrifies the doorknob or, or makes or, you know or freezes the toilet or something. Or you know, otherwise, I think of
3: something <laughs> entirely different. I don't know. What
2: All right, well, you're what do you,
3: you think? You're talking about Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah, what do you think?
2: Yeah. You are, you, are, you are I'm talking about Daffy Duck. You are of the modern generation. What do you think of when you think of Bad Boy?
3: Uh, someone deals drugs, cuts people, you know.
2: Oh, dear. Much more serious
0: than Daffy Duck. So, Annie,
2: you yes. tell us. What, what, what
3: yeah, is I think it's, it's
0: kind of in the middle. I guess, you know, both of you aren't women. So when,
5: Not as far as we when, know.
0: when women think of a bad boy, it's kind of a... Uh, charming someone, yes, who does drugs, who's out of the ordinary. But for me, it had the meaning when, you know, he was my older brother and I was always the good girl, the good student, the one who followed the rules. And Billy was the one who was involved with drugs and he lived by his own rules. But really, it was kind of glamorous to me because Billy had so much fun and people loved him and he loved life and he lived life he lived big and so it's kind of uh, has has two meanings one is that he you know he had this problem with addiction but also he he was very charismatic and lived the way that he wanted to
2: all right but as far as you know he didn't deliberately harm others he wasn't in car chases and gunfights or
0: Anything no. Like oh, okay. No, so, no, uh, no, no, no no. Okay.
2: no, no. No. All right, just just trying to get clear on that because the amount of negativity in a person's life can affect a lot. Uh, okay, what are the things that um we're kind of wondering, too, is, is uh, the nature of this communication is interesting. Between sleep and waking, we are in very heightened states of awareness, and I don't know about Ben, but I have lots of, uh, I hear lots of people and stuff, but, but ongoing communication like this is, is quite interesting. And the reason we ask is, how do you know this is really him, is because mm-hmm. uh, very often, uh, th- th- there are what we refer to as parasitical entities. Folklore knows them as demons and all this, and they, they, they uh, eat... Literal, their life forms by absorbing our negative energy. I can't really get any more scientific than that with it, but I've seen them do very good jobs of imitating loved ones and completely convincing people that that they're Uncle Charles or somebody. And then, you know, I, I've gone in on a number of cases and and said, well, it just didn't feel right. So I don't believe your Uncle Charles. And the whole nature of the thing changes. However, I'm not not that I'm casting doubt on your experience. I'm just trying to put it in perspective because very often the sort of thing that happens that you describe, and it's perfectly legitimate, and, and you believe that it is, and it's not for us to question that. So uh, just to put that in perspective. Another thing is, uh, let, let me run this by you. and Yes. You, uh, can I, you can I
0: ask you something about that? By all about means. The, um, One of the reasons that I really believe that it's Billy is because he helped save my husband's life.
2: That's very and, good. Okay, and
0: and and he also helped save someone else's life, turn okay. their life around.
4: All so right.
0: all the things that he was involved with after he died was helping people. It was all for the good. That's a good sign. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. that's one of the one of the reasons um, that I feel very comfortable with the energy because it's very positive energy. It always makes me feel um, a beautiful energy. And I'm not sure uh, what would have happened to my husband had Billy not uh, given me certain messages, warnings. Well, can you tell us about that? Sure. Um, my husband wasn't feeling well, and he had... Um, About a month and a half before that, he had a very complete physical exam. He wasn't feeling well. He went to the doctor. The doctor told him he had a stomach bug, gave him some antibiotics. And the next morning after that, when I got up, instead of the usual good morning, Billy started laughing in a very wicked way, you see, now now is when the only time I questioned him, because all of a sudden he sounded wicked, evil, laughing. And he said to me, Steve is very sick. And um, I got so upset because this wasn't my brother's voice. This was something else going on now. And of course, I didn't tell Steve because he believed in Billy and I didn't want to scare him and I didn't know what to do. So I told him to go to the doctor again. And he calls me from the doctor and he says, doctor said, no problem, just hanging on, gave me some more antibiotics. And at that moment, again, I heard this laughter kind of circling around my ceiling, wicked. And I said, you know what? Why don't you just go to our general doctor? Maybe the specialist is being too specialized. He did. His cardiogram was very irregular. Mm. And uh, the next day, he was in the hospital preparing for open-heart surgery.
2: Oh, my. That's a very interesting approach that yeah. we take on it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, our point of view on this is that, uh, as you probably believe too there is really no such thing as as death because w- if you look at this uh, as i say as we were talking during the break uh, i started out in the early 70s and and i uh, even though i was in the seminar i applied the usual assumptions that people apply to this because our point of view is very limited we don't really see it any other way that these are uh, spirits and that there's a physical world and a spirit world and that there's you know the other side and all of- but I came over a period of several early of the early years to to in my personal opinion changed to an idea that this is really a, a multitude of parallel worlds. And then I of course inqu- encountered the quantum physics thing with the multiple worlds theory of that, and that's pretty well accepted in certain, not always in the same interpretation uh, today by physicists. And I said, aha, this is exactly what I'm seeing. It's the only thing that explains everything I'm seeing. Uh, why are they wearing clothes? Why are they talking? With physical voices, if, if they're spirits, they don't have bodies. Well, I, I, I came to the conclusion, and I had physical contacts to prove it to myself, that they, they do have bodies. Um, there are so many different worlds in which they never died. And in many of these, they're very aware, very, as we might say, enlightened, and can deal with their loved ones, with people like yourself and your brother. So everything you say makes absolute sense. Mm-hmm. from the, from that particular viewpoint. Now, whether you accept that's your own business, but th- that's how I see it.
0: No, it would, no, like I agree. Physical. It's it's very quantum. It's very vibrational. And what he says is as you go through the different realms or like you're saying the different dimensions or the levels or the parallel worlds, your, your vibratory frequency gets higher and higher.
3: Did we ask about that yet? No. What do you mean by that?
2: So the word frequency yeah, uh, often boggles us okay
0: vibration. well i guess i'm thinking i'm thinking kind of as a musician because i was oh i was a musician yeah. which i think also helped set me up to have this once a musician always a musician <laughs> well you're also you're dealing with the invisible again right music yeah. is yeah. is invisible i guess by vibratory frequencies i mean quicker frequencies and I think matter, when you think of matter, matter is slower frequency. And, uh, you know, as as it turns from ice to water to steam, the molecules are moving
2: quicker. I, well, now that, that's one of the best explanations, is Yeah. Because yeah, matter
0: accurate. is just a form of energy. Exactly. Really. And, and, really and there it's are many just... different forms of, of all of it. And really, it's just another field because they've proven that, you know, all the matter in your body—the actual matter—could fit on a period, That's about on a it. page. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I yeah. think that a higher, higher frequency just means that it's a quicker vibration. But I think that the quicker the vibration, and the more you get away from the world of matter. Um, matter
2: in the form that we know
0: it. In the form that we know it, the um, more you have divine attributes.
2: uh, Yeah, I I see what you're saying, although I I can't help my seminary training. You think of how much, not to get off the subject here, but but in in the Gospels at least, uh, they, they stress the physicality of everything that... That that matters. See, I'm a little nervous about the philosophical. My, my my degree is in philosophy, so I'm a little nervous about the philosophical principles that most Westerners accept, and that's that matter is, uh, by implication, bad, and spirit is by implication good. And I would have problem with that. But but that be that as it may, let's continue. No, no, on I with agree something.
0: with you. I think yeah. it's just an evolutionary process. Yeah,
2: I I don't have any problem with that. Yeah. So, uh, Okay, can you tell us other things that? Uh, that that Billy told you uh, about the afterlife. I don't like the term afterlife because I think there's just life. But uh, anyway, but but be that as it may, too. Uh, what are the other things he told you about the worlds he was uh, he was in or traveling through or aware of?
0: Yes, he described different realms. One of the realms that I liked most was uh, one of my favorite realms was a realm of complete darkness where he sat by a stream and the stream was made of rainbow colored lights it wasn't a water stream it was a light stream and the stream made a certain sound and that sound pulled him in and as he absorbed the sound he began to hear sacred melodies that emerged from inside of him And the melodies that emerged from inside of him um, told him he enabled him to experience the miracle of why he had had incarnated in the particular life that he just came from. So the mystery of the pleasure of the life in in that that flesh life. The awe and the wonder of life was revealed to him as he sat by that stream. So that was one realm.
2: Okay, I lights flickering here. You look like you have a question.
3: <laughs> what? Oh no, I'm just trying to comprehend all this.
2: Okay. Well, all right. Let me ask this. I personally have a little bit of a problem with with everybody. Uh, going to some wonderful realm and becoming a kind of super being after the, after they, they pass or translate as we say, because I've encountered uh, many for many years, <clears throat> occasionally realms of utter aloneness and darkness, usually involving people who were suicides. Okay, uh-huh. in your I know you're not a paranormal expert, but you're one who has experienced extraordinary things in this realm. What in your opinion about those who have brought pain and death? What about you know, the, these guys were blowing up Boston. Uh, the explosions that Ben missed by four minutes, by the way, because he goes to school there. Yeah. Uh, what? Wow. Uh, what's your opinion on on that? So, does everyone have this wonderful afterlife, or are there consequences that we ourselves create?
0: Well, I think that you know, I don't. I don't want to mix up my
2: opinion with Billy's. Actually, I'll have to give you the break to think about it because... Okay, that's because good. We're, ben, my, my good right arm is always pointing out that we're coming up on a break. So we will do that and try not to cut everybody off. But you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. And we'll be right back with our fascinating guest, Dr. Annie Kagan, in just a moment. Stay with us.
1: Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky New Horizons, No Boundaries.
6: Closing time, open all the doors and let you out into the world.
1: Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 new skyradio.com
3: Oh, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Sorry for that. I didn't know I was supposed to be doing the intro, but I Anything guess I am. On this show. And we are talking with Annie Kagan about deep, deep, depth driving... Questions. I couldn't think of another alliterated thing
2: for questions. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I don't know. I can't think
3: of a synonym for questions that starts with D.
2: All right. Well, we'll work on that. Discussion. Discussion. There we go. So in any case, uh, welcome back. And we're going to – I suppose we're posing the question here uh, with Annie before we took the break that um, I, I, at least in my experience, have encountered many, many people who have sort of made – their beds in the multiverse, kind of in the wrong way, and have ended up in in worlds that are not really terrific. Some are really awful uh, because they kind of—it's kind of like be careful what you wish for. In my experience, uh, th- this particularly involves people who committed suicide. Uh, not always, but sometimes. And so, Annie, wh- what's what's your opinion on that? I mean, do we do we yeah. make our run? Do we all get this wonderful? Well, you know, let me ask you afterlife? something.
0: Let me ask you about something about suicide that, that I don't understand, is, is this. If a person is in so much pain that they take their own life, why would they face punishment for that? Wouldn't they, you know, someone I know told me that when, when um, someone commits suicide, that they're attended to by the most loving little children because they need healing. So I never can understand why someone who's in agony should be punished for that agony or, or, or be in some, some realm that's horrible and terrible. Like that, to me, that doesn't make sense at all.
2: No, I hear what you're saying. Uh, my personal interest in the subject comes from the fact that as a seven-year-old boy, I witnessed my father's suicide.
4: Oh, I'm and
2: sorry. That, thank you, but that, that I was seven years old, that's what got me interested oh. in this in subject, and when I was in the seminary later on, it, you know, all the rest is, as they say, is history. Uh, it, and all, all I can do is recount my own experiences with cases like this, and that's that very often... It seems to me that suicide, you know, barring mental illness or barring uh, physical illness or you know, some, something of this kind, of supposedly my father had a brain tumor, although you never know it from his kindness to me uh, as wow. a child. But, but it seems that it can be, in many cases, the ultimate act of selfishness, which destroys the unity that we all are supposed to be part of. That, to me, was the message I've received from people who have committed suicide. If if that information was accurate, and if I was dealing with what I thought I was dealing, that's 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 the best way I can answer that.
0: I I understand.
2: Now, everything is not warm and fuzzy out in the multiverse. You know, we have enemies. We have serious enemies. We have serious friends. It's just that um, I'm always wary of presenting a uh, you know. And I'm glad that, that Billy is is okay and, and doing well and, and can help, but. Many times that is not the case, in my experience. There there are dark things out there that need to be overcome by discovering love and unity and the positive nature among not only ourselves, but among our neighbors in the multiverse, whom we also encounter. So that's my two cents on that.
0: Yes. Well, Billy describes a world where the light is very different than the light here.
2: I've, I've that, seen worlds like that, yeah.
0: And, and that because the light has a has a divine personality of compassion and love and kindness, that there really isn't evil that exists in the plane that he's in.
2: I hear you, yeah.
0: It, okay, and he does describe a place called the super world, which is kind of like the next level. Um, After this level, and sometimes when people have very dark beliefs or dark things, they experience that there. But also, I think one of his big messages messages is that divine consciousness is not the same as, as the human mind. Mm. And, and And in a way, there are so many things that we can 't understand and we can 't understand with our minds because we 're here in this world, and there is so much darkness in this world and there's you know there are so many terrible things that happen, and of course, you know we want we want justice, but I think that divine consciousness is is different and That's kind of one of the, one of the messages. So I try not to judge, I try not to judge other people because one of the things that I've learned is, is that, you know, we really can't put ourselves in someone else's shoes and for someone to like say do something like kill themselves you know maybe they're very sick physically maybe they're sick mentally some of the young people these days you know in their 20s who kill themselves i happen to know one example you know she was on antidepressant drugs oh, and dear. some sometimes these drugs make you actually worse tell me about it yeah right and they're dangerous in themselves so for me that you know to think that that, uh, that, that what I would consider a divine loving being is going to, you know, put someone like that in a dark place because of circumstances that were almost beyond their control. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, may I ask you a personal
2: question? Absolutely. Are you a parent? No. <laughs> w- were you a parent? Uh, yes. I-, I dare say you-, you might possibly reconsider the judging thing. When you're a parent, you you must judge or your children could be in danger.
0: Oh, no, I'm not. I agree with you. I'm not saying that I don't discern at all. And I'm I'm not saying I don't protect or I don't protect myself from people and things. I'm just saying that in a way, I feel like I'm not sure what's going on down here on this level. I'm not even sure exactly what I'm doing on this level. And in a way, we're living a mystery. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something really beautiful. I met uh, one of the parents from the uh, Newtown tragedy, whose, whose young son was was killed. And um, she's on a campaign now. What she does, and I, I I believe that she's going to be writing a book, is that she's taking young children and trying to change their violent thoughts into good thoughts. She's taking this horrible tragedy that happened to her and trying to use it to heal, to heal the violence. And to me that kind of seems more like a divine attitude of transformation because we're all in this together and we need right? And we we need to just transform to a better world, and I'm not sure if, you know, punishment is is the way that that is accomplished.
2: Well, in I, the div- I, yeah, yes. no, I, I agree. Uh, the world is what we make it. Uh, but I don't understand why – I guess I do understand, but I, I would not equate this with punishment. Um maybe maybe you know people think i was in the seminary therefore i must be uh you know the sort of uh jonathan edwards type of guy you know scowling from a pulpit I mean, that's not the way no. i look at things at all but uh it, it's a matter of uh nature takes the path of least resistance mm-hmm. and in my experience people people go to the life they're already in a parallel world a simultaneous life and i've even gotten regression therapists to agree with this yeah, where it's the path of least resistance, where they're most like what they are here. Nothing to do with God punishing anybody. I don't believe that either. We're not, we don't worship some demon, whether it be he, she, it, or them, that you conceive of as God. Yeah. Uh, I can't conceive of no God. I think that's ludicrous. But in any case, I, I think that this is, these are things we do to ourselves. There are consequences to our own choices, and they go beyond this particular leaf on the tree, this particular body, in my experience, which could be wrong, I don't know, but, but it's not a matter of punishment. It's a matter of us maybe in the long run learning.
0: Yes. I mean, one of the things that surprised me about uh, Billy's transformation was that he was in a lot of pain when he died. And then when he contacted... Asked how he did die. It was illness. Wasn't it? He was hit by a car. Oh, dear. And he was killed. And, uh, he, he was not happy though before that happened as well. He was having a lot of problems with drugs and alcohol. The, uh, you know, the addiction problems, he was, he was trying his best, but he wasn't really able to overcome them at that point in his life. And what was surprising to me was that he said that once you get to the, to the next atmosphere, at least where he went, it was it was so healing that all the pain of his lifetime was healed in the first nanosecond that those lights touched him. There was help. There was help. Enormous that's such a good way to put it. There was uh, yeah I've read into was, that too. Yes. But not was, all. That's it. Say that again. I'm sorry.
2: Uh, so I have run into that too on cases, but but not always. As I say, sometimes there have been other stories. I suppose it's the way people have near-death experiences. Everybody thinks it's always uh, you know this wonderful experience with the light and the the people uh, coming who are, you know your loved ones and sort of thing. But other people describe horrible experiences. Not not most people. They do. Tough. They do.
0: There and, is and tough
2: love out there. That's there what I'm saying.
0: There is tough love, and I and I think that the tough love. That you're explaining what happened in what Billy calls the super world, like, like the early stages of going into the next level, having to do with beliefs and, and, you know, things you've been through in your life. Mm -hmm. But I think once you get to beyond that, to the higher frequency levels, um, but that, that's not the case anymore.
2: Okay, well, I could very well be but on that note we're taking another break and we'll come back with our questions from listeners for annie kagan in just a moment you're listening to behind the paranormal with paul and ben eno on cbs new sky radio stick around
1: enlighten empower enrich this is cbs radio's the new sky new horizons no boundaries Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 sol New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Welcome back to Behind the
3: Paranormal, where we ask tough questions of our guests, but our guests enjoy it anyway. <laughs> and the Sometimes. Guests, sometimes. <laughs> and the guest who's enjoying it now is Annie Kagan.
2: Very good. Uh, Well, welcome back with Annie here. And uh, Annie, before we get to our guest questions, I wanted to ask you to give you a chance to talk about your book and where people can get it and your website.
0: Yes, the website is com, And please go to the Facebook page because there's a wonderful community on that page that discusses all of these things, which is also Afterlife of Billy Fingers at Facebook. And the book is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, and you could order it from any bookstore. Hampton Roads is the publisher.
2: Very good. Thank you. So we have a question here. Excuse me. This is from Mary in Gate City, Virginia.
3: Alrighty, so Mary writes to us, I have had spirits visit me in my dreams, and I have oft- I have asked my mom to visit, but nothing. Uh, why can't some visit and some cannot?
2: As a matter of fact, I- I'm going to read the second question, because it's very similar to that. Okay. This is from Cindy, and just says Jericho. I don't know why I'm, I'm still getting used to this new form we have online.
3: Well, let's just say Cindy. Cindy writes to us, uh, why can't
2: all people who have died speak to us? That's kind of the similar question.
0: Sort of. Yes. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to say is that, you know, after-death communications have been going on since the beginning of time. And they're, they go on across all cultures. And I have to admit that before this happened to me, I thought that that was superstitious, that, you know, your ancestors could talk to you. I never really believed it, and then it happened to me. And I think one of the reasons... More people don't have these experiences, and one in five people already have, have these experiences. So that's, yeah, that's, that's a lot. I've, I've heard, yeah. Right? And and I think it's actually more. But I think some of it has to do with what you were talking about before. Some people are afraid. And there's actually a big taboo Um concerning having after-death communications, and I only recently learned why, and a lot of it has to do with religion, and um, it was seen as something that that wasn't a good thing to do, and I think people were really afraid of it. So a lot of people have communications, and one thing that you can do if you want to have a dream, and this is something actually I did a study on when I was becoming a doctor and it works is put a pad and pencil by your bed I and do give that. Your, <laughs> right and give yeah. yourself a suggestion um what that you want to have the dream, what you wanna have it about, and you will be surprised how much that will help you to have your dream, and also I want to say that it's important to be open to whatever way the communication comes in. Somebody was talking to me and telling me they really wanted a communication from their mom, and they didn't have one, but as we talked, she told me that often she would, for no reason at all, she would smell her mother's perfume, mm-hmm. and so would her sister, if her sister was in the room.
2: Very common, yep.
0: Yeah, is that common? And yeah, it is. um yes. You know, so so the mother wasn't able to, for some reason communicate verbally, but there was a communication going on. and as as you said before, you know in your heart when you have a sign. Well, that's it. Uh, I, I, I might add
2: that there are and this may be I don't mean this to be funny, but there are times when people don't didn't get along with their loved ones, and it was time to say goodbye. You know, it's so it's it's not that that you you know you don't want to introduce negativity here, but there are times when it's just not appropriate for them to communicate, and other times they they have other things to do, and their consci- their, yeah. their prime consciousness has moved to a world where they have other things to do, and uh, that's why uh, I I don't know, even though my father was <clears throat> had committed suicide, I as I mentioned earlier, I had I uh, always had a, a rather loving relationship with him, it was a little distant, he wasn't. In my face, you know, but that presence was there. So I think it all depends on the situation. Uh, What say you, Annie? On whether you know,
0: I, I think that possibly also it might be a little bit genetic. Just like somebody can be a great tennis player.
4: Absolutely My
0: my father used to tell me when I was a little girl that he would talk to his mother and father all the time that had passed over. And I thought he's having, you know, imaginary talks in his mind. Yeah, that. But then when he was dying, uh, he was really talking to them as if they were in the room. And uh, I thought, well, maybe, you know, he's dying of a cancer and it's the drugs. But now I think that there is a family trait, and I think sometimes it's just an inherited ability, just like playing tennis could be a, an inherited ability.
2: We find that. We really do. And I would end as just, again, on a word of caution. Uh, I I've, I was never able to, to accept, I was never able to believe how people... Whether it was Ouija boards or seances, things we vehemently discourage, or any kind of communication, people just assume that what they're being told is true. Now, Annie, I think, has given it the test and, and, and has uh, satisfied the requirements that it's legitimate. But many people don't do that. I mean, just exercise caution. Don't believe everything you're told. Do you, do you believe everybody you meet on the street? Yes. You know, how how much less should you uh, how much more should you be cautious about this sort of communication. Well Annie oh, it's been a fascinating conversation and thank you so it much
0: has. um thank for, you for, for having me though. I really
2: enjoyed it. I do too and I can't wait to see the book. Indeed.
4: I, I, I promise
2: like it I promise you a copy. Oh well we'll look forward to that but thank you so much. Thank you. Okay everybody Annie Kagan check her out check out the 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 book and the uh, the websites too. Okay, and there are links to that at com on our uh, upcoming CBS shows, and uh, which brings me to another subject. Uh, we are continuing to have problems with the websites. The sites have been redesigned, and uh, most of the basic stuff has been uploaded. Uh, however, we, we uh, now are in a, have a problem with uploading new material. That will include the podcast from tonight. So just be patient. It should be resolved within the next few days. We really don't know what's going on, but there was some sort of cyber attack and all this business. So anyway – uh check it, check it again. That that's uh behind the dot com and also our site New dot com.
3: All right, so many thanks to our producer, Brandon Jackson, and we will see you right here next week, April twenty eighth, when we will welcome Stuart Wilde. on a cheerful topic, hell.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. All right. So in the meantime, tune into our Boston Providence drive time show on W O O twelve forty AM and ON Worldwide dot com at six PM Eastern time every monday and check out the over 450 podcasts of past shows at the behind the normal paranormal.com site and people have written to us saying they're still having trouble with the podcast however we ask you to uh the site is different i refresh your browser and there also was a little little technique that uh, I have been told about. You click on one podcast, and it may be taking forever to load, but click on another one at the same time. And for some reason, it loads faster, in some cases, on some machines. Ben, ben is looking that, dubious.
3: That's really weird. I've never heard that.
2: Uh, I don't know. Somebody wrote and said, it, and I tried it myself, and I did. And I have a very fast machine. So in any case, there we have. Um, and again, uh, to help us keep those podcasts free, please buy my books, if you're interested, on those sites. And we leave you this evening with a thought from the great Winston Churchill, The Empires of the Future are the Empires of the Mind. I'm Paul Eno.
3: And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next
4: time.